building entire and just crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I I really need to leave. So the fences informed me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I I see some people running now. And the opinion of this reporter, if this nation or in fact the world ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. episode of Aquaman and Firestorm, the Fire and Water Podcast. Oh, but wait, there's more! This is also an exciting episode of Digest Cast, the podcast dedicated to the belief that big things come in small packages. Yes, the celebration of our 250th episode could not be contained by one podcast feed alone. This same episode is going out as both part of Fire and Water Podcast and Digest Cast. And for this anniversary discussion, I am one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag. Along with me is my co-host, the Digest-sized Rob Kelly. Together, we are known as the Pied Pipers of the Man Children. How you doing, buddy? Hang on to your butts, everybody. We have no idea if this is going to work. <laughs> it's so crazy. It just might work. Was that a party horn you just blew a second ago? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> So Rob and I were talking about what to do for our 250th episode. We weren't quite sure. We went round and round. We actually stalled for a little while. And we knew we wanted to do something that addressed at least Aquaman or Firestorm, <laughs> hopefully both. And then Rob came upon a wonderful idea. Rob, what do you explain to the folks at home what we're going to be doing today? Uh, yeah, this is our sort of fan cast uh, episode involving Digest. Of course, we everyone knows, uh, or not everyone, but most people know that uh, neither Aquaman or Firestorm ever got a Digest to themselves. Ooh. Yeah, and you know, despite the hundreds of Digest that DC published between like 1979 and 1985, neither character ever got a digest and uh we thought uh, well let's rectify that so we decided to jump on the cosmic treadmill and we're going to go back <laughs> to 1985 actually 86 because uh, that's what they actually stopped in 86 because the, okay, the last gonna... one was the best of 85 okay so well, that's right so we're going to go back to 1986 and we're going to pretend that shag and i ha- are we are putting together each of us an aquaman dedicated digest and a firestorm dedicated digest and we are going to Reveal to each other live on the air what stories we picked for either uh, digest set. So that is what we're doing here. And I'm very excited because this was 
uh, you know, Aquaman and Firestorm deserve digests for Pete's sakes. Uh, if, <laughs> if, if, uh, if ghosts can get like 19 digests and forbidden house of forbidden dark mansions of love or whatever the hell that one was called at the very least Firestorm deserve one. And I'll talk about that in a moment, but that's what we're doing here for the 250th episode of the fire and water podcast. Well, Firestorm had only been around eight or nine years at that point. So I could argue the other way, but either way we have stormed the, you know, what is it? Six, six, six fifth Avenue or whatever, whatever their address was back then. And I think uh, it was, yes. Yeah, yeah, and we were taking yeah. over, we're taking over the offices. We've kicked in the door and we're in charge of publishing issue number 72 and 73 of best of DC. So that is, we're, we're going in like a boss. So before we get too much further, though, we do need to take a second to thank our sponsors. Folks, this episode of the Fire and Water Podcast and Digest Cast are sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 42% off with free shipping for orders of $50 or more. Now, Rob, what'd you bring, buddy? I've been saying for the longest time that there should be a collected edition of the covers of Joshua Middleton. Oh, Yeah. Because, uh, of course, Joshua Middleton uh, did so many great Aquaman covers. And so I looked on Insect Trades, and there is one. There is No a way. Oh, that's uh, fantastic. It's called the DC Poster Portfolio Joshua Middleton Trade Paperback. And it said this collects uh, Joshua Middleton's covers from uh, – these are the variant covers he did for Aquaman, Batgirl, and a lot of other DC series. They're printed, printed on heavy card stock at 12 by 16. Whoa. Bigger, bigger than a treasury edition. Uh, and you can basically pull these out and frame them, like take them out like they're posters. So this book is 42 pages. I said it's hardcover. The normal price is $24.99. In stock trades price is $14.49. You save 42% off. So with Christmas coming up, this is like a great art book, a great gift uh, kind of book to give to someone who loves Joshua Middleton. And, man, his Aquaman covers are off the hook great. Uh, and so- <laughs> off the hook. Nice. Off the hook, yeah. Uh, the cover features uh, the great painting he's doing a background. But, man, his Aquaman covers are, are just gorgeous. So I'm so glad that there's a collection of this. That's just super exciting. So the DC Poster Portfolio, Joshua Middleton. So I know you got the Alan Brutter, you know, collected edition to happen. Do you think you made this one happen as well? <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. I'm taking, until I hear otherwise, I'm taking credit for it. Perfect. Excellent. Well, since this is a big anniversary celebration and we fell in love with Aquaman and Firestorm, both uh, as our own characters, but as part of the Justice League, I thought this book would be perfect. Justice League of America, a celebration of 60 years hardcover. And oddly enough, on in-stock trades, by the way, it, li- it says limit one per customer. So I think that's because the price mm-hmm. went so cheap. But what they've done is different issues from the 60-year history of Justice League and printing it in one volume. So you get the Crisis on Earth 3. You get uh, the formation of the Justice League International. You get the debut of the 1990s Justice League, the, the new the new 52 origin. But uh, So you get like Brave and the Bold number 28, the first appearance ever. You get several of the Justice League issues, including JLA number 200. I think you've heard a little bit about that. <laughs> a little bit. You get, uh, you get annual number two, the start of the Detroit League. You get Justice League International, number one, and Grant Morrison's Justice League. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of different versions of Justice League in here. It looks fantastic. Of course, it's published by DC. It's 448 pages, full color. Normally retails for $29.99, but you can get it for $17.39, which is 42% off, which is awesome. So be sure to head over to InStockTrades.com for all of your trade paperback needs and let them know the Fire and Water Podcast Network sent you. All right. Also, folks, we need to take a second to thank our other sponsor, which is you, people at home. Thank you so much to our Patreon supporters. You know, running the Fire and Water Podcast Network with so many shows and so much online hosting costs a lot of money. And in recent years, it's gone up quite a bit. Uh, 
just due to storage space and such. So we reached out, started a Patreon asking for your help. You guys really stepped up. And I can say without any doubt that our network would not still be on the air if it hadn't been for your help. And we sincerely appreciate it. So if you wouldn't mind, please consider going out to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash FW podcast and consider, consider supporting the network. And at certain sponsorship tiers, you'll get mentioned on your favorite fire and water shows, just like these folks who chose to be, uh, to support today's show. Our thanks go out to Adam Ackerman, Philip Rutledge, Gord Tolton, Jason Pope, Jay Campbell, Kevin Culp, David Ace Gutierrez, and Robert Lewis. Again, just visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Thanks so much, folks. We really appreciate it. Now, all right, as I said, we have stormed the D.C. offices. Uh, they, they did issue number 71 of the Best of D.C., which featured Ambush Bug on the cover. It was the Best of 1985, and they decided to stop. And as you, you may know, I, I once told a story about that was the first digest I ever bought. And I bought it off the shelves and I said, oh my gosh, I love this so much. I'm going to buy every issue from now on. It was the last digest that DC published. So now we've gone in the Wayback Machine and I have said, damn it, DC, you are not stopping there. You've got to do the next two digests. So Rob, why don't you walk us through your pick for the Aquaman digest? Yeah, uh, first of all, the grand rules here. Uh, we are going by the page count from the year's best comic stories, which is 148 pages, which gave Shaggy 144. Okay. All right. 100, 144 pages, <laughs> which gave uh, Shag and I an extra amount of room uh, to pick some stories. So, I mean, that's cheating a little because I don't think they would have gone that thick with uh, this kind of thing. But it doesn't matter. We're, we're making all this up anyway. So what's the difference? <laughs> um, now, my my conceit for this was – and the reason I said that I'm surprised that Firestorm didn't get one. Uh, is because, as we all know, in the early 80s, The Fury of Firestorm was one of DC's best-selling books. That's true. That it is was a true. hot book. So to me, and, and, and then conversely, the early 80s was a very bad time for Aquaman. He was a backup strip in adventure and then action. And then for a little while, he wasn't anywhere. He, didn't, he only appeared in Justice League. Uh, so he was actually having a rough time in the early 80s. So, so even though Aquaman uh, was, you know, he's a marquee character and Firestorm was an up-and-comer, obviously DC had a lot of hopes for Firestorm. So I actually am a little shocked that Firestorm didn't get a collection, considering how popular his book was. Instead of they did, you know, funny stuff for the third time, it seemed you would think that Firestorm would have been a natural. Well, to back you up there, I mean, think about it. this is 1986, right? Uh, to, as the digests are winding down, and both characters were being featured in superpowers at that point. I mean, Aquaman had just had a VHS tape come out right about that time, collecting some of the old cartoons. So there was some buzz around Aquaman, at least. And Firestorm, as you said, was getting some continued buzz. So yeah, all right, fair enough. I'll say they both deserve it. All right, Rob, why don't you tell us your picks? for your Aquaman Digest. Uh, yes, well, yeah, when compiling this Digest, which I, I was very excited about because I was like, wow, this is 148 pages of Aquaman. That's 144? Uh, what is wrong with you? 144 pages of Aquaman. Fine. Uh, that I, 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 I guess if you count the cover, the inside cover, the back co- inside back cover, and the outside yeah, back cover, exactly. I guess it's 148, yeah. but whatever. It says, it's, uh, it says 148 on the cover of the last Digest. No, it cover. does not. All no, right, it anyway. does not. All right, okay, all right. Can we, oh my God. So, um, <laughs> happy anniversary, everybody. I, I wanted, I was like, well, do I want a, um, like a, uh, an overview of all of the great moments, like the biggest moments of his career, of Aquaman's career in comics, or are they best stories? Or are they favorite stories? And I tried to do a little bit of everything. And I tried to have all the artists represented and all the, some of the best writers represented, but we'll get to the list. So, 
I'm not going to do plot synopses for these because uh, oh, we no. have so we have so many stories to get through. We're just going to go through the titles, where they're from, and I'm just going to give a brief idea of why why I picked it. Some of them will be very obvious. So let's start. Uh, the first one is the submarine strikes, which is more fun comics number seventy three. Aquaman's first appearance. No, a no brainer. So keep in mind, this is 1985 and uh, the more fun number 73 had only been reprinted once before by DC comics. So to me, any uh, collection of Aquaman stories uh, really has to start here with the first appearance. And that's only eight pages. So I, I thought it was like, okay, it's a, you know, it's, it's the beginning. It's the first appearance and it's not taking up a whole ton of real estate in this digest. So that was the important thing. So I next jumped to, one of my personal favorites, and this is me playing favorites, it's the Undersea Lost World from Adventure Comics number 137. And this is the unheralded or underheralded John Daly. Oh, right. I remember, I remember you talking about this guy. Yeah, yeah he's this artist. It was, the story was written by Otto Binder. Uh, it is – he was the artist between – the, you know, between Paul Norris and Louis Casanova and then Ramona Freighton, which everybody knows. But I love John Daly's work. It's vibrant. It's interesting. It's fun. And I really, this he was somebody that I had never even heard of until I was working on The Shrine and going through old Aquaman comics and, and doing reviews of them. And I just was so charmed by this guy and very little is known about him. So I, I'm always going to get a John Daly story in any Aquaman collection, even though he is not at all a famous artist. In, in in any in any sense of comic book history, very few people have heard of him. But I always got to get one of his stories in there. So, how, under undersea lost world is six pages. It's only six pages, but it's in there <laughs> from Adventure One Thirty Seven. So the next story is an obvious one. It's from Adventure Comics Number Two Sixty. It's how Aquaman got his powers. It's basically the beginning of the Silver Age Aquaman. It's the new origin. Uh, the origin that basically Aquaman has had for the last 50 years in the movie, the cartoons, all the versions of Aquaman since then. Basically, I mean, there's been some revisions, but essentially this is the one that we all know. And it finally gets Ramona Freighton into this collection, which is absolutely essential. And after I did try to be cognizant of art that looks good at a digest size, because not everybody does. Uh, but Ramona Freighton's stuff is so clean and simple and direct that it looks great in a digest. So we, I absolutely had to get to her as soon as possible. And again, only seven pages. So I've only gotten to, what, 14, 20, I'm 21 pages in and I've already gotten three great stories. <laughs> feeling, feeling really good about myself here. So next up is another historical story, The Kid from Atlantis, which is adventure number 269, also by Ramona Freighton. It's the debut of Aqualad. Again, another huge moment in the Aquaman history. You basically weren't anybody in the DC superhero pantheon unless you got a teen sidekick and then, of course, some sort of like imp character. Right. Um, uh, the kid from Atlantis from Adventure number 269, the debut of, of Aqualad. Now, now I'm jumping up a couple of years into the Aquaman solo book uh, for Aquaman number 18, The Wife of Aquaman, which is the one where Aquaman and Mira get married. I That's 25 pages. And when it features art by Nick Cardi, finally getting Nick Cardi in this digest, I went back and forth between the debut of Mira and the one where should they get married? Because part of me is like, well, the debut is a little more important, but I think the wedding one is, is kind of a more fun, no, no pun intended story. Uh, <laughs> it features a bunch of other members of the DCU and it really brings her fully into the DC universe. So that's the one to pick with wife of Aquaman from Aquaman number 18. Now I jump further ahead into Aquaman number 53 is California Sinking, 
mm. the classic Steve Skeets and Jim Aparo era. Again, now I'm I'm feeling really good about myself here because I got John Daly, Mona <laughs> Creighton, <laughs> Nick Cardi, and now Jim Aparo in here. And you know, virtually any issue of this of the SAG run, Skeets, Aparo, Giordano run of Aquaman is worthy. And I almost went with the creature who devoured Detroit. Um, you damn right you thought about that yeah, one. I almost went into that, but I, I, I decided not to because I feel like so much of that was like the Crusader. But is California Sinking is a great story. It's got a great opening grabber image and a great closing grabber image. And it's a one and done, uh, which is one of the reasons I went for it. And so, you, yeah. You know why you should have gone Creature that Devoured Detroit? Only 20 pages. See, you would have saved yourself some more pages. That's that's true. That's true. The dead man backup. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I went with his California sinking from Aquaman 53. So uh, then I decided to be a little goofy because I, I was doing the page counts and I realized that I had like three extra pages, mm-hmm. three empty pages. So I actually filled them two pages of which are Island of Fear from Super uh, DC China number 26, yeah. the text piece that we just covered a couple episodes back that Zoom narrated for us. And I thought, I love when the digest threw in weird stuff like that to just fill out the book mm-hmm. because I was three pages short. I was like, okay, let's do Island of fear and throw that in. And because so much of it is text, you could repurpose the text to make it easier to read. It actually probably might even work better in a digest. Cause you could move the words around in a different way. Make it. Oh yeah, that's fun true. To read. That'd be a fun little thing. The next I jumped to uh, the Justice League because I finally had to get Aquaman as part of the Justice League since that was such a big part of his career. I went with The Great Identity Crisis from JLA number 122 by Martin Pascoe and Dick Dillon and Frank McLaughlin. That is the rare Aquaman-centric issue of Justice League from the 70s where Dr. Light makes all the JLAers forget that they have secret identities. And Aquaman is kind of the one that kind of is like outside the plot because he doesn't have a secret identity essentially. And it's a really fun story. And so I was like, I got to get a JLA story in here. So I went with that one. Well, it's got that great cover, too, with Aquaman's tombstone. Yes. They're like, yeah, Aquaman died. We, we never knew his secret identity. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> so uh, now I'm back to Jim Aparo. I picked something from the classic adventure run that he did in the mid-'70s with the different writers, Skeets and Conway and Paul Levitz. And I picked Death and Death Before Dishonor from Adventure number 444. That's where Aquaman takes on... Uh, the uh, the sort of rival Atlantean ruler named Karshan, who we found out is, is a, secretly a bad guy. But the main reason I picked it, partly, it's my favorite run of Aquaman stories of all time, those run of adventures. It's Jim Aparo again. Got to get him in there at least more than more than once. And the story ends with my one of my single favorite images of Aquaman of all time, where it's him and Mira and Aqua Baby, and they're on the deck of this Navy destroyer. And uh, at the end of it, Aquaman and Mira just plant a big kiss on one another. Oh, wow. And it's just a marvelous image. Like, the sun is shining. Like, it just feels like you can hear, like, the seagull squat. It is just such a gorgeous single panel. And I always try to include it in any Aquaman collection. I just, I love the panel so much, so I had to get it in here, especially since I wanted to have something from that run. All right, so my final two stories, I went with um, Scavenger Hunt from Adventure Comics number 475. That is the first story uh, during the Jam Demetrius run, where Ooh. he was writing them and Dick Jenna was drawing them, and it features this great moment where Aquaman actually mentions Firestorm. That's the whole. Nice. I, was in the world, I was in the world saving game when Firestorm and Black Lightning were in diapers uh, <laughs> as he's beating the crap out of Scavenger. Uh, that is a beautiful, un 
underappreciated run. And I guess part of the reason it's unappreciated is because it was so short. It was only four issues before it moved over to action and Dick Giordano left and it got taken over by art. Uh, the art got taken over by Don Heck. Is that, was, the, is that the run where his like parents showed up, but they were robots or something? Something like that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it features a great cover by Brian Bolland where you see plastic man and star man looking and there's Aquaman jumping out of a, the, he's jumping out of a surprint of, of, uh, well, it's not a surprint. He's jumping out of like a, a, um, a, um, monochromatic reprint of the cover itself. Right. It's just a really great image. And it's one of my, one of my favorite comics. So, and that's only eight pages. <laughs> so then finally my, the last story, I went again with justice league. I jumped all the way to JLA number two seventeen. All the Elements of Disaster by Paul Kupperberg and Chuck Patton. Hmm. And that is an Aquaman-centric story. It features that great George Perez cover where they're all, um, all the jet layers are running. And like, there's like, um, it's like a, uh, like a, like a shadow box effect where you see them all behind you, you know, by them, behind them. So they're running at like the DC logo is kind of shadow boxing and stuff. It looks really cool. It's, it's like a star field into- behind them, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. I've got that on the front of a notebook. Yeah. It's been turned into all sorts of merchandise. It's a great story. It is the brief run. There's only two issues between Jerry Conway leaving JLA with number 216 and then coming back for the JLA JSA team up where we learn the true origin of Black Canary. Uh, and then he basically came back to the book. So there's only two issues there, one by Kupperberg and one by Carrie Burkett. And they're both great stories. Uh, I mean, it's like, boy, I wish the JLA could have kind of gone on like this. It was really good. It was right after Batman left. Uh, but they're solid stories. And JLA 217 is Aquaman centric. It features Arion because, of course, it does. Kupperberg wrote it. Um, <laughs> but on top of it, it's just a great adventure. It's just a really, really well done adventure. So I thought... Those 11 stories all together comprise a nice history of Aquaman from 1941, basically to 1983. And then I would end the book with a single, because this is 1986, a single ad for the Aquaman miniseries that was going to be coming out. I thought that would be a night, that would be the way of justifying this digest is sort of of, uh, DC saying, hey, we're revitalizing Aquaman. Here's a way. To, here's for you a way for everybody to enjoy classic Aquaman before you go on this new adventure with him. So that to me was how I conceived it in my mind is that the, the inside back cover is that poster by Craig Hamilton of Aquaman in the new costume. So that's that to me would be the perfect Aquaman digest. That's awesome. So now why don't you tell people about the cover that you surprised me with? Yeah, I worked up a, a mock-up cover because I can't help myself and things like this. Uh, Photoshop is a privilege, not a right. But uh, no, I, I mocked up a, I mocked up a cover of uh, a pose from uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Praise be his man. name from some Aquaman stock art, and he's jumping out into the camera. And then there's four covers in a uh, in a serpent, actually uh, representing some of the stories. And then we've got the Aquaman logo. And what we, what we found out was we each, without telling each other, individually did our own covers for these right. things without even neither one told each other. And I happened to do seventy two, and Rob did seventy three, all by happenstance. And then we he shared his with me this morning and said, "Hey, look what I did." And I was like, "Damn it! I was going to surprise you on the air and show you mine." So yeah, we both uh, put together fake covers, and we'll share. We'll have a, a gallery on our website, which is fireandwaterpodcast.com go out to the fire and water uh show and you'll see it there also you'll see it on the gallery for digest cast too perfect so yeah so that uh, if they ever made an aquaman digest that would have been the one i would have wanted to see that's great that is really fantastic so all right uh i will tell you i went ahead and did my own aquaman digest as well uh mine's 144 pages was your 144 or 148 i think it was like 146 
See, okay, you cheat. I mean, I'm sitting here with a calculator. I'm throwing stories out. I'm like, ah, one page too many. So uh, I, I really got this down to 144. So uh, I didn't. I, I didn't put um, some of the same stories. You know, I'll t- actually. I'll start with. I'll tell you the stories that that match up. The ones that you picked that I also picked. Uh, Aquaman two. I'm sorry. Adventure Comics two sixty. How Aquaman got his powers by Ramona Fraiden. Absolutely. Uh, Adventure Comics two sixty nine. The Kid from Atlantis by Jack Miller and Ramona Fraiden. Absolutely. The uh, Aqualad issue. Aquaman number eighteen. The Wife of Aquaman by Jack okay. Miller and Nick Hardy. We picked the the wedding issue. We both picked it. In fact, um, I have a list of all, almost made it in there. And I almost put in um, the first appearance of Mara as well. Very similar to what you were thinking. Uh, Justice League of America number 122 from 1975, The Great Identity Crisis. Uh, I have that one as well. To be honest, that one is a bit of a cheat because I knew you were going to do that one. Just because mm-hmm. I've worked with you so many years, I'm like, okay, Rob told me there's that one issue that's focused on oh, man, There's an easy pick for me. So I went ahead and did that one. The other ones are um, different. So I'll tell you what I got here. Uh, I also picked Adventure Comics 266 uh, from 1959, Aquaman Meets Aquagirl by Ramona Fraiden. Oh, I know uh, you love that one. I Boy, do I love that one. I have an unhealthy amount of love for that one. <laughs> it's only seven pages, and they reprinted it in that super giant in the 70s. But, I mean, Ramona drawing uh, this version of Aquagirl, I mean, it is about the most stunning, uh, sexy thing ever. So, uh, yeah, I, I had to include that story. Then I really wanted to focus in on some of Aquaman's villains. So I included Aquaman number 35 from 1967, which is called Between Two Dooms by Bob Haney and Nick Cardi. Uh, 23 yeah. pages. Black Mana's first appearance yep. and also includes Ocean Master. So yeah, I thought that's that a good, that's a good pick. I probably should have had that one in there. That's a, that's a smart pick. Then I wanted to go a little far afield, so I picked Brave and the Bold number 82 from 1969, which is Sleepwalker from the Sea by oh. Bob Haney and Neil Adams. So it's a, it's a great, it's, I, I shouldn't have to say much more than Neil Adams, but it's Batman, Aquaman, and Ocean Master. It's 23 pages. It's a, it's a good one. I, I sat there and sort of stewed on all the different Brave and the Bolds, but then finally I'm like, you know what? If, if, I, if they could throw Neil Adams in a digest, they were going to throw Neil Adams mm-hmm. in a digest. Mm-hmm. So then for Adventure Comics, I really ended the digest on a sound. Note, and I kind of wish I had thought this through a little differently, but I ended it with Adventure Comics 452. Uh, well, I, I did both. Uh, Adventure Com- <laughs> For those of you who don't know what that issue is, that is the death of Aqua Baby. But uh, I ended it with Adventure Comics 452 and then Aquaman number 57, which was the next immediate story. So both of these are by David Michelini and Jim Aparo. First one's uh, 17 pages, Dark Destiny, Deadly De- Dreams, and then the next one's A Life for a Life. And I just, I, I like the sort of ending where Aquaman chooses not to kill Black Man. I've always liked that. Now, it does also end horrible when he goes, I have to go tell my wife that her only son is dead. And I was like, oh, God. But um, but I, I just felt like it was an important Aquaman story. It really informed a lot about the character. So I feel like it should be included. Probably wouldn't want to put it at the end of the digest, though, because that would be really No, that's a bummer, man. Jeez. Yeah. Now, I have my list of also ones I considered, uh, and I'll just trip hammer through those real quick. I don't know if you have any like you know ones you consider, but like, I considered the sub the submarine strikes from nineteen forty one, Morphorn Comics number seventy three, the first appearance of Aquaman. That was almost a, that was in my digest for a long time, but I needed the pages, so I cut it. Um, I, I I had Aquaman number one, Invasion of the Fire Trolls, on there um, for a long time because I thought Quisp was worth putting in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then I got him. Uh, then I had Aquaman number twenty nine, which was the first appearance of Ocean Master, Aquaman Coward King of the Sea by Bob Haney and Nick Cardi. But then I eventually opted to just do that Black Mana Ocean Master one. Then uh, Aquaman number 30, I was thinking, okay, you know what? Death of Aquaman by Bob Kinney and Nick Cardi. It's got some JLA in there. I thought that might be nice, but ultimately the wedding kind of covered that for me. And then Aquaman number 42. So you, you wanted something from the Skeet Zaparo run. So I was going to um, 
do Aquaman number 42, Is This My Foe, which was the hunt, during the hunt for Mera, but this is the one where he battles Black Mana. It's that amazing cover where Black Mana is holding yeah. Aquaman over his head. So although the covers wouldn't have not have been included, but either way, that I thought that would be a good issue representative in there. Of course, I had, I, I had the creature that devoured Detroit up until the last minute when I needed those 20 pages back. I cut it. And then finally, the, the ones, I thought long and hard about putting in, um, but ultimately it was too many pages. It was Justice League America number 242 and 243. It's a Justice League Detroit era where Aquaman's reunited with Mera and they fight Amazo. Uh, and it's, it's a nice reunion between those two characters and then they go off to make uh, lovey-dovey together. But the, the downside was, again, too many pages and it's drawn by George Tusca. So uh, yeah, in the, in the uh, 1980s. Yeah. yeah. So that was my Aquaman Digest, man. So, um, yeah, I, I love what you came up with, man. That would have been a great book. Uh, yeah, I, I am ashamed that I didn't include the black man at first appearance. That really should have been in there. I don't know what I would have cut, but that's a, that's a, that's a really good pick. That really should have been in there. Cause yeah, his, I mean, that's his, his two, basically his only two villains are both in the same <laughs> issue. So yeah, that, that, that makes total sense. Well, I wanted a scavenger story in there, but I just like the page count wasn't working with me. I mean, that's the problem is, you know, it's, it, it's, uh, the kid, what they call killing your babies, I guess. You know, it's like you yeah. got to decide what to let go of. And no, you, everything in your digest was ab, was absolutely valid. So I don't know that you could have given everything, anything up for mm. it. it. Just mine came together differently. That's all. All right. So, uh, I then, uh, am going to do the Firestorm Digest, which again, I put together a cover as well. And, uh, mine was best of DC number 72. So this is the next issue cover dated May, 1985. Um, the cover I have used the Fury of Firestorm volume two am annual number two, which is, uh, it was that kind of a strange annual. It was all text based, but, um, no, like a, 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 what do they call those? A, not a novel, a novella. Like a prose story. Yeah. But it's, it's a fantastic piece by Raphael Cannon and Dick Giordano. And what it is is Firestorm standing there and he's looking at the camera, but he's certainly swiveling his head looking behind him because behind him are like all of his villains. And, uh, it's a fantastic piece. Again, it'll be up in the gallery for you there. I even, and I tried to mimic at the top. I wrote 144 pages of atomic action, sort of like the JSA had something very similar on their, their header as well. But I, I, one of the things I try to focus on when I put this digest together is I wanted to have a good representation of Firestorm's villains. Because in addition to Firestorm being awesome, his villains are, I think, are, are really an exceptional rogues gallery, like second only to the Flash, in my opinion. But so, I felt like, okay, let me show as many villains as I can. So that's what I did. Uh, and for the back cover, I, I decided what I would do was use Fury of Firestorm Annual Number 3, which is this wonderful piece, again, by Raphael Cannon and Dick Giordano. And it's Firestorm, and he's a little bit uh, – well, it's, it's Firestorm, and then he's splitting. And you can see Ronnie Raymond on one side and Professor Stein on the other. Uh, and it's just an absolutely fantastic image of Firestorm. It really is outstanding. And so that would be the back cover, and then it have all these little atomic bursts going off with all the little word balloons that I'll, I'll tell you what I'll, they'll say later because although if I tell you now, it'll give everything away. So here we go. So the first issue in the digest is not Firestorm's first appearance. Uh, well, it's, well, that seems like a, a no-brainer. I, I don't know that it's really necessary. You know, is Eddie Earnhardt, Earnhardt, whatever his name is, really worth following? Not really. So my first pick is Firestorm, the Nuclear Man, Volume 1, Number 2. From 1978, it's Danger Doubled is Death is the name of the issue by Jerry Conway and Al Milgram. And this is the first appearance of Multiplex. And more importantly, you get Superman as a guest star. So I was also trying to like, as I pace this out, I'm thinking, okay, I want a wide variety of villains. I want some guest stars. I want a wide variety of artists as well. Because every single story in here is written by Jerry Conway. Because if you look at Firestorm's history, Jerry Conway wrote almost every single appearance of Firestorm for the first 10 years of the character. Whether it was in Firestorm or Flash or Justice League or DC Comics Presents or Brave and the Bold, any of it, it was all Conway. So I was like, all right, well, I want to have a variety of artists. So this we get an Al Milgram. Um, it, it really makes a great intro to the character. 
In fact, I had this issue, number two, before I ever had number one. And they, they have a little recap of Firestorm's origin, so it gets you up to speed. They do some experimentation with the powers. You learn about Ronnie, learn about the professor. It's a great introduction of the character. And you get Multiplex, and you get Superman. And it's only 17 pages. So that was a win for me. Then next, I jump forward a little bit to the Flash backups. I picked Flash number 291 and 292 from 1980. And I picked the, uh, the two stories are The Hyena Laughs Last and The Hostages of Precinct 13. This is by Jerry Conway and George Perez. So now we're getting some Perez in there. So I was very excited about that. This is the second hyena story. Uh, and it's a nice, really compressed story. Now, they still didn't reveal hyena's secret identity yet, but you get lots of character development for Ronnie and the professor, and you get to understand hyena a little bit more, and they drop clues about who the hyena might be. So it's a two-part story. Each part was only eight pages, and uh, it's a great, great little story. Next one I picked is Flash 293 from 1981. It, it's a backup, but it really was half of the issue. It's called The Deadliest Man Alive, again by Jerry, uh, Jerry Conway and George Perez. It is a team-up with Firestorm and The Flash as they battle the Atomic Skull. And I absolutely adore this story. It's super fun. Firestorm gets drunk on radiation. And he's, like, literally wandering around like he's drunk, but it's all on radiation. It's hilarious. And uh, it makes for a great issue. And it's only 13 pages. And it's, again, Perez drawing the Flash, too, so it's gorgeous. Then we jump into the Fury of Firestorm book here. So we go forward to 1982, and I picked Fury of Firestorm, Volume 2, Issues number 3 and 4. So I didn't do Issue 1 and 2. As much as I love Black Bison, I just didn't really feel like he's – like one of the more iconic villains. So I'm like, all right, you know, so far we've gotten Multiplex and we've gotten a hyena. It's time for Killer Frost. And I didn't want to overdo it with Killer Frost either. So that's why I picked this one. It's a two-part story. It also teams up with the Justice League, which I know you love, Rob. Mm-hmm. You also get the Burt Reynolds analog in there. So uh, it's the Icy Heart. I'm sorry, the two stories are A Cold Time in the Old Town Tonight and The Icy Heart of Killer Frost by Jerry Conway and Pat Broderick. So now we've got Broderick in the mix here. And again, I figured, all right, this, this one's a win so many ways around. First of all, it's Killer Frost ends up getting two issues. So she gets more real estate than anybody else in the Digest, which makes sense. You get Again, you get, a, you get a lot of Broderick, which you really should have in the Digest, and you get the Justice League. So it's, it's a win all the way around. Now, this one was 25 pages a piece. So that took up 50 pages of my whole digest right there. Then we jump forward to Fury of Firestorm Volume 2, number 9 from 1983, which is a typhoon issue. Uh, it's called Baby, the Rain Must Fall by Jerry Conway and Jerome K. Moore. Very early Jerome K. Moore work. And this is actually the second part of a two-part story, but really it works on its own. You get lots of Ronnie in the issue. You get lots of Typhoon. It makes a good read. Um, it's it's a great issue all the way around. It's 23 pages. And, I, again, I wanted to make sure I got in Typhoon in there because I feel like he's one of the major enemies. And that really only left me enough room for one more issue. And so I, I couldn't resist. First of all, it's a, this, I haven't said what it is yet, but it's, it's a great one and done. It's fairly recent for when this digest would have been published in 1986. So I went from 1984 with Fury of Firestorm, uh, number 28 featuring Slipknot. How could I not? <laughs> it, it was the very first Firestorm issue I ever bought. It's a fun little story and it works great as self-contained. It's called The End of His Rope, uh, plotted by Jerry Conway, script by Joey Cavallari and art by Raphael Kayana. Cause again, I want to get some Raphael Kayana in the book now. And uh, of course, it features Lorraine Riley quite a bit. It's 23 pages. I absolutely loved it. And that gets me to 142 pages. I've got two pages left. Well, Rob, there are pinups from Firestorm that work perfectly. So in Fury of Firestorm number 12, there was a pinup in the back drawn by Pat Broderick. And it's actually representing an earlier issue. It's representing DC Comics number 17, which he didn't draw. In DC Comics number 17, Firestorm fought Killer, Fro- um, fought Killer Frost with Superman. And so what the, what the pinup is, it's Superman and Firestorm fighting each other. 
So it makes a nice little pinup by Pat Broderick. Uh, so that's, you get your one page there. And the other pinup is, uh, I picked is from annual number one of Fury of Firestorm. It's a Rafael Cannon and Roden Rodriguez image. And it's sort of this one amalgamation. It's a little busy, but I don't care. Uh, it represents that big storyline that introduced Tokamak and introduced Firehawk and, uh, you know, Fury of Firestorm 14 through 18 annual number one. Uh, it's this giant, it's, it's, it's basically the trade paperback cover is what it would have been. And so that makes the last one there. And then on the back, I already told you guys it'd be that uh, shot of Firestorm and, and him splitting with Ronnie and the professor. And I'd have these uh, little atomic symbols and it would say six sensational stories illustrated by George Perez, Pat Broderick, Al Milgram, Raphael Cannon, and Jerome K. Moore featuring Firestorm versus Killer Frost, Multiplex, Hyena, Typhoon, and more guest starring Superman, The Flash, and the Justice League. So because they always like to you know have those little shout outs on the back. So that's my Firestorm Digest. So I'm very curious to hear what you picked and if we have anything overlapping. We have almost no overlaps. Which I'm no shocked, way! I'm shocked at because I, I, I'll, I'll pull back the curtain a little bit, guys, because Shag and I initially, when we pitched this idea to each other, sort of like, hey, let's do a fantasy Aquaman DC Digest, a Firestorm, excuse me, Aquaman and Firestorm DC Digest. Uh, I thought that I would just do an Aquaman and he would just do Firestorm. That that was it. That was like we were just going to do. I was going to do sort of my character, and Shag was going to do "quote unquote" his character. And then we were texting about it back and forth, and Shag's like, "Oh, so," and he mentioned something about my Firestorm list, and I was like, "What Firestorm list? I don't have a Firestorm." <laughs> and I realized that what Shag thought we were doing is that we were both coming up with digests for both characters. And I will. It's because say- I study English, and if you go back and look at your messages, you talk about each of us doing these digests. So. Anyway, well, I, I got to say, it really made me feel like I was back in grade school and I hadn't done the homework. <laughs> really, it's amazing how fast that came roaring back, that insecurity of like, oh, my God, I didn't do the homework. The reason I was nervous about this is because – and we've established – we talked about this probably in like episode one of the Fire and Water podcast back in the Paleozoic era. 250 is, episodes ago. Yeah, is that – you are much you are a much bigger fan of Aquaman than I am of Firestorm. Yeah, yeah, we, we know, did say you, that. Yeah, you know way more about Aquaman's history than I do know about Firestorm's history. I like Firestorm's character, but he's never one of my particular favorites. So it, there's an imbalance here in terms of how much each of us knows about our, quote-unquote, ha- again, half of the show. But so I was kind of going into this, like, oh, I think a lot of my picks are going to be a little obvious. But I realized we barely overlap. And I came up with one hook that I thought, really made this interesting so I'm okay gonna save, i'm dying I'm gonna, to hear it i'm gonna save that one to the end because okay. it, it's in this is all in printing order except for the last story so the first one i went for was make way for firestorm from firestorm number one i mean okay. i just couldn't i couldn't resist it's his first appearance you know i just you know, to me, it's, oh, it's, like it's, lo- it's logical i just yeah, chose to skip logical, it yeah, yeah logical starting point 18 pages by the way my page count is a little over 144 oh my gosh uh, i cheated and went to 149 so look i am going to pretend that i was a dc editor and i'm like you know what i, I told whoever like nick cootie whoever would put this together like you know what? Lap a couple pages out of some stories here and there. Just get it down. To <laughs> they well, got there some are subplots. There are some like that. I noticed that in some of the issues I was flipping there. I'm like, oh, we could just cut that page. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They did that on the treasuries all the time. Oh, there we go. Okay. They rearranged panels, all sorts of stuff to get it down. So I didn't feel like I was being that out of bounds by saying, you know what? These are great stories and we're only four pages shy. Let's 
trim all the Cliff Carmichael stuff, and uh, we'll, we'll get it down to 144. And, and for those of you at home, just from a printing perspective, if you don't really know the way printing works, right. um, when you're printing, you have to print what's called, uh, is it magazines, I think it was I call it, or something like that? It's, it has to be in eight-page increments. So you can't just four, add, four like... Four-page increments, actually. Well, I guess it depends on the fold of the paper, really. Uh, well, that's I, true, yeah. I, I, when, when I was dealing with the stuff, it was this catalog we did, so the size of the paper, everything had to be done in eight. But either okay. way, yeah, it has to be a certain increment. You can't just add... One or two more pages. It has to all be done in certain increments. Right, because the the paper is folded. When it's a comic book, it's folded. So in that, when you fold it, that's four pages. So everything has to be in increments of four. You can't just write. It can't be 146 <clears throat> where you slot in an extra sheet of paper. It doesn't exactly. work that way. So that's why that's why you're kind of stuck with. All right, if I'm at 144, I got to go to 148. I order 152. I can't go in between that. So anyway, started off with make way for Firestorm. Firestorm number one. Then I jumped to Siren Song of the Satin Satan. Oh, wow. JLA number 179. Okay. Joins the Justice League. I mean, part of the thing I like about these digests is presenting these characters. When it's a, when it's a, a digest focused on one character, uh, and it's not Superman and Batman who each got, you know, 47 digests. I like, you know, showing them in the greater context of the DC universe. So I like, hey, this is where firestorm kicked it up a notch yep. and ends up joining the justice league now i felt a little bad in that i'm only including the first part of a two-part story because to me in collections you should try and avoid that but aside from the part where he's fighting the villain the satin satan to me the hook is that he's joining the justice league and so you get all that in there um so i, I just felt like it had to be included so that's, that's fair that's 17 pages then i jumped to dc comics presents number 17 ice slaves of killer frost with firestorm and superman Another 17 pages. That gets us a story drawn by JLGL, PBHN. Uh, I, <laughs> I couldn't resist that. And it gets Killer Frost involved uh, there. So I, I like that, too. I so if I can be uber pedantic, uh, you got those out of order. Because DC Comics 17 is actually when he gets invited to join the Justice League. Oh, okay. Sorry about so. that. Okay. Right. They're, they're, uh, I'm, I'm being super nerdy. <laughs> very much are. Uh, so then I went with Firestorm is back in town from Flash 289, which is the first... Yep. Of the flash backups. I couldn't resist. Those backups are great. We covered them on an episode. And it's, again, it's, it's Firestorm drawn by George Press. Like, it can't beat that. Well, okay. See, okay. I, I should, uh, the only reason I didn't include that one is because it's a retelling of issue number one. Uh, so it's, uh, True. All you right. got the I same story in there that, twice. Okay. That's okay. All right. Okay. All right. I'll catch you so, some slack. You, you did this in it with almost no notice. So I was impressed that you finished it. <laughs> all right. So, uh, and then I went for another team up. Darkness and Darkfire from Brave and the Bull number 172, which is Batman and Firestorm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not like one of the greatest stories. It's drawn by Carmen Infantino. We covered it again on the show. Yep. But again, it's it's Batman and Firestorm, just, just the two of them. And that that's not a natural pair. It's got a sentient uh, nuclear reactor. Were you kidding? That's brilliant. Yeah. So I, I thought that was, you know, that, that, that was cool. Uh, and then I jumped to Fury of Firestorm number one, Day of the Bison. Again, it's Firestorm number one. You know, yeah. to me, in my mind, this is a celebration and a reward to Jerry Conway and like Raphael Kainan and all Pat Broderick for the great work they were doing, making this book a bestseller. So to me, you got to go with Fury of Firestorm number one, even though that takes up 25 pages. It's a great issue though. It's a, it's a fantastic issue. So yeah. So then I jump ahead to the secret origin of Firestorm from Fury of Firestorm number 22, which is the first appearance of Firehawk, not Lorraine, not Lorraine Riley, but Firehawk, her and the Firehawk uh, persona. And I always thought that was a great character. I thought uh, she was really kind of underrated. So I wanted to get her in there. And that gets us drawn. That gets us some art by Raphael Kainan. 
Now, which I really wanted to get in. Again, going to get super pedantic again, but I, I'm not dinging you because you, you had very few minutes to put this together. Her first appearance is actually issues. And see, if I don't do this, Mark Baker Wright's going to do all this in the comments, so i got to beat him. Anyway, uh, issue 17 is her first appearance. But issue 22 is that wonderful cover by Kay Annan with right. them, and it re- it's the first time you really feel like they're together. So I'll give you that. And it's the third Wait, time you no. told us. It's the third time you told us origin in the digest now. Oh, what the hell! Wait, so she's Firehawk <laughs> in number seventeen? Yeah. In, in oh, fact, the, the whole right, cover yeah. is her like punching him. Yeah. Oh, all right. I'm sorry about that. All right, then I probably would have gone with that one. So, okay, sorry about that. Uh, and then the final pick was the story where I said, "What really is going to make this digest like a can't miss for Firestorm fans?" Well, I tried to remember the context of when this was published. This would have been published in 1986. Yeah. I. To go with the at that moment, an unpublished Firestorm story, which was Firestorm, Firestorm number six. Oh, Typhoon is the storm of the soul, which was the unpublished issue of Firestorm, which ended up appearing in canceled comic Cavalcade. But that nobody had that, they only made right. like 100 of them or something. I thought that would be a great sales hook to say, Hey. We're featuring what, like an eight classic, classic Firestorm story <laughs> plus one all new adventure that you have I never love, read. I love that. That's brilliant, Rob. That'd be that, awesome. To me, that's the hook is this is a story none of you have read by the, by Firestorm's original creators. So that's how I would end it with, it was Firestorm number six. That's fantastic. And you get the, that way you get Typhoon. So you've got what Killer Frost in there. You've got Typhoon. Uh, who, who else am I forgetting that you worked in there? Um, oh I got gosh. Killer Frost. I got Bison. Black oh, yeah, Bison. Bison. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Eddie Earnhardt, three times. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like I'm bagging on, on Rob. I'm not. I love what you put together here, man. This is really great. And I love that they're so different. The, our picks are so different. Uh, now, I'll tell you that the other issues I considered that I really tried – like there's some that I really try to squeeze in here. Uh, I wanted to squeeze in a different hyena story because there's actually a, a hyena story with a reveal that is who it is. Um, and that's issue is from the Flash 301 through 304, which is 33 pages. I was like, ah, oh, it's too many pages. I wanted to squeeze in Justice League of America 205 with, with Conway and Don Heck where Professor Stein fights Hector Hammond. I thought that would have been great. But I, instead, I got the Justice League out of the, the, the issues with Killer Frost. I wanted to do the Plastique story. By Conway and, and Broderick, number seven. Mm. But, you know, that was already in a previous digest. I'm like, all right, well, they just did that one. And um, I, there was a backup. I kept thinking if I was going to have eight pages left, there was a great, cute little backup. It was in Flash 299. It was just this little standalone story no one ever talks about. It's called The Robbery. And these people steal some toxic waste, and Firestorm has to stop them. And it's by Conway and Dennis Cowan. And mm. uh, it's really nice. I really like the story. So I thought that would be a nice one just to fill out uh, eight pages. Then I started like dreaming of like what I would love to have in there. And I, I the thing I want more than anything is a trade paperback. Of, and, and this would have been 155 pages, so it doesn't really work in the digest format. But just Fury of Firestorm number 14 through 18 and annual number one, which tells that whole long story where they introduce Firehawk, you get Tokamak, that whole thing. It's it's my favorite uncollected Firestorm story ever. And uh, it's 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 sort of. In, I remember when they did that Batman Digest that was just one big long story. Um, it's kind of keeping in that same theme, but 155 pages is just too much. And then, and this is really, really clever. And this came from a suggestion from the internet, which I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, the suggestion to put in the superpowers mini comic of Firestorm. Remember the oh, mini comics that came with the yeah. action figures? They're already small. It would reproduce beautifully in a digest, actually. Now it's like a whole different continuity that doesn't make any sense with DC comics, but, uh, that would have been a super fun thing to include in there. That's a fun idea. That's a really, and that's sort of funny. I was going to ask you about 
about this. Like, did we ever see? Did they ever do ads for the superpowers second wave? I don't think they ever did. Right? It was the only the mm. only the only superpowers that I can ever remember seeing in a comic book was for the initial group, which means like they never promoted in a comic book that Firestorm was an action figure, which seems crazy. I think if, you're right. There was TV commercials. There was uh, TV commercials, but I don't think there was ever any comic. If I'm wrong, that would have been the perfect ad to run in this Firestorm Digest. Oh, but yeah. I can never remember seeing a single ad in a DC comic for Wave 2 or Wave 3. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think there was. Huh. I didn't think about that. I actually toyed with the idea of throwing in one of those Superpowers uh, Volume 2 comics as well, the one Jack Kirby drew, because uh, Firestorm and Dr. Fate were in those. I thought about that for a bit, too. But now, when before we settled on the whole idea of making this uh, a time capsule, like it was printed in 1986, I actually had a whole bunch of other stuff written down that would be from the future. So I'll just rattle all those off real quickly that I think are worth in a, in a Firestorm collection, but they didn't fit in the time frame. Um, Fury first round number 61 is where he fights Typhoon and he beats Typhoon with science, uh, by John Ostrander and Joe Brozowski. It's a great story. And I thought that'd make a good one. Then, um, this would be another trade paperback, but the whole thing where, where Professor Stein dies and we, we end up getting the, the birth of the blank slate firestorm, which runs from Fury Firestorm 62 through 64, annual number five, and then Firestorm number 65. That would make a great trade paperback where you just see the birth of the blank slate version. Then I thought about Firestorm number 67. It's a, ironically, it's a millennium crossover, which nothing good came of that, right? But, uh, it was an issue where they really spent time exploring who the blank slate was, again, by Ostrander and Brozowski. And it's a really good sort of like, you learn about, um, Mikhail Arkadin, you learn about Firestorm. I mean, Ronnie, it's, it, it was good. I picked, I, I tried to pick one from every era. So I picked an elemental issue as well. Firestorm number 88, which is they really spent time exploring w- the rage that Firestorm had as an earth elemental. He, like, he talks about burning down the earth to cleanse it of the human scum and all that stuff, uh, <laughs> by, by Ostrander and Tom Mandrake. It would have been, a, that, that's a great issue. Then if you look at Jason Rush, um, there, there's a fantastic issue by Stuart Moore and Jamal Eigel. Stuart Moore's very first issue is uh, Firestorm num- number 14. So this is volume three. Uh, it's from like 2004, 2005, somewhere in there. So Jason Rush, it was basically a soft relaunch. You know, Dan Jolly started the series off. He left the book. Stuart Moore takes over. And he did a soft relaunch at issue number 14. And it's a phenomenal introduction to Jason as Firestorm. It's absolutely great. So those are ones that I wanted to include. Um, there's another storyline. Uh, again, Jason issues 28 through 32. It's got, it's by Stuart Moore and Eigel as well. It's got Tomahawk, uh, Tokamak and Pozar and Firehawk. It's a great story as well. All of those would have been super fun. Now here, now were there any issues that you had on your list that you didn't get to include with Firestorm? Not, not really. I think, I mean, I went, I almost went with, um, annual number two. Cause, mm. like, Cause you like, I do like that story. I remember we covered that one, but it was so many pages Yeah, that I was like, ah, that's a lot of real estate to, to give up on it. So that was really the only, and, oh, you know, I, I, I dabbled with some other JLA stories where he is really like front and center, like mm-hmm. the uh, JLA 189 where they take on Starro. That's a great right. opener with him. He's, he looks great. And maybe even, you know, we talked about JLA 203 through 205 because that's a huge, that's Firestorm centric, especially the third issue, but they were all parts of continued stories. Sure. And I was like, now nah. after I did the, the, the one where he joins the team, I want to stay away from the continued stories. Yeah. I, I totally get that. And I, I just, I was happy that I could get so many of Firestorm's villains in here and get like the flash and get the justice league and, you know, the different guest stars and stuff like that. I, I was very happy with that. Now I do want to say, uh, what I did was, uh, in the last week or so, I went on to the interwebs, Facebook and Twitter, and I actually asked 
the people of the world. What would you put in a digest? Uh, and I didn't give them any, uh, any barriers. I said, no, you know, any error is fine. And I put the hypothetical, hypothetical question out there. Jerry Conway himself even retweeted it. So that was awesome. Oh, so that's great. I know. So I'm just going to do a quick name check of everyone that participated in the conversation. I mean, there were tons of repeat, I'm sorry, retweets and shares and stuff like that, but people had actually commented and made suggestions. Um, so quick name check to everybody. Um, my thanks to Abel Padilla, Bookworm, Canadian Geek, Chris Tomaselli, Daddy Burke, David Gutierrez, Dr. Ange, Jay Jones, Jeff DeWitt, Jeffrey House, or Haas, uh, Jennifer Edwards, Josh Puffler, Justin Brown, Keechee Baker, Ken Deemer, Luke Giaconetti, Mark Baker Wright, Aaron Head Moss, Patrick Waite, Richard Lumsden, Robert Gross, Roger Preve, Scott Rowland, Siskoid, Steve Givens, Tuck, and William Estep. Uh, you, you match heads are absolutely fantastic. They gave some great suggestions. Uh, a couple of their suggestions actually kind of spurred me to go forward with some of my picks. And, uh, some of the other, like the superpowers mini comic came from their, just their suggestions. So that was absolutely great that they all participated. And I really appreciate it. This was, this was such a fun idea, Rob. This was an absolute blast. I'm glad that we decided we initially were going to go with digest as if they were published today and getting the entire history of our, the characters up to this point. And I'm glad that we decided to limit ourselves to 1986 and earlier because a it's more fun to give yourself some limitations, but B it dawned on me that if I had to do a modern Aquaman digest, I could not, not include uh, one of Craig Hamilton's issues from the Aquaman miniseries, the right. Camo suit. Yeah. But Craig Hamilton's artwork would be massacred. Oh gosh. Digest yeah. format. Absolutely massacred. And it would make me cry to see how poorly that would be readable. But at the same time, I could not have it because it's so important to the character. So I'm kind of glad that we said, eh, 1986, that's the cutoff point. Yeah, I know. I'm really glad that worked out. Yeah, even like the Ivan Reese stuff would have been uh, kind of hard yeah, to make out at the yeah. smaller scale. Yeah. Even on the better paper that they do digest with now when they do them, which is rare. Uh, and they do when DC does digest, they make them like a little bigger, like a like manga sized almost. So I mean, the reproduction would have been a little better, but Craig Hamilton's work needs to be blown up, not re- not reduced. Yeah, yeah. Well, folks, remember go out to our website where uh, I want to hear your comments. I want to know what issues you would have put in your digest, uh, or maybe you know the ones you agree with for Rob and I, or you disagree, whichever. Uh, and again, go out to the gallery and check these out. I, I keep staring at these covers we did, Rob. I'm absolutely in love with both of these covers. I just see, you know, we both put the 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 banner, the blue ribbon digest logo on there. We put the you know the UPC boxes, the whole thing. It's uh, we had so much fun with this. So We're again, folks, nerds. we really are. So, folks, you can leave your comments either on the Fire and Water uh, Aquaman and Fire. Storm show or the digest cast both of them will have comment threads there and go remember go to our facebook which is firewaterpodcast.com over on twitter you can find us as fw podcast or as digest cast whichever flavor you prefer or you can get you can hit up firestorm fan or aquaman shrine as well on twitter that's right well rob 250 episodes almost <laughs> uh over nine years of doing this off and on now the network itself has something close to 2000 episodes so it's not like we've you know we've only done 250 episodes together but uh it's uh it's been it's been awesome it's been a lot of fun so and really truthfully our sweet spot for you and i both is this 1980s and earlier stuff so this was this is right up our alley man 
Yeah, I also I've been enjoying these ones where we sort of cast our minds out and imagine things. That's sort of been a fun idea. And I like to do more of these. I did an article for 13 to mention where I came up with an Aquaman Treasury edition. So that was fun. I love doing that. I love being able to, to, to rip through our personal histories uh, with these characters and sort of come up with things that never got made and should have been or something like that. So, yeah, this was this was a lot of fun. We really wanted to do something for number 250. We mentioned in the, the previous episode, the uh, Find Your Joy, where it was like, we love this Mr. Terrific story, but it's not appropriate for Aquaman and Firestorm number 250 because right. <laughs> one of our characters are in here. So I'm glad we came up with this. It, it all worked out uh, quite perfectly. Absolutely. So, so glad to do this. Thanks for the suggestion. And it had an absolute blast. So, folks, that's going to do it. So uh, until next time, fan the flame, ride the wave, and remember, big things come in small packages. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime Never underestimate the power of teamwork, my friend.